What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast. I'm just going to get straight to it. Unfortunately, Blake could not be with us this week either. But, you know, the consolation is we've got Jeremy here, as always, to bring the spirit, to bring the energy. Um, But I know you guys know the drill by now. That uh, unfortunately means our episode is going to be basically just a recap um, again this week. So my apologies for that. Blake also apologizes and hopefully we'll be back to normal um, by next week. But it's kind of a we're kind of in a wait and see pattern right now. Also, y'all, I'm kind of like starting to feel a bit under the weather. So forgive me if I got to pause here and there um, since I'll be talking for like probably like 30 minutes straight. So just bear with me. Um, But uh, let me just think really quick if there's anything to really talk about before we just jump into this here. Um, In case, just in case anyone happens to be new, um, you know, typically I've got my co-host here. We do a recap. Then we discuss the episode, but with him absent, uh, this will just be a recap, and we've got my good friend Jeremy filling in over there. A man of few words, but great presence, I like to say. Um, And if you are new here, definitely check out the Discord. It'll be linked down in the description below. It's a great place to come chat, hang out. We have watch parties for the episode and also watch parties for other things as well. Um, So please come join us there, hang out. Uh, It's a good time. And there is something on the tip of my tongue that I cannot find. Um, Maybe it'll come to me later. But yeah, join the Discord. Watch parties this Thursday and every Thursday for Critical Role. Worlds Beyond Number is fantastic. I'll go ahead and give you guys another reminder. If you have not checked that out yet, you have to. Especially if you're a fan of Critical Role. They are vastly different. So, you know, but they're still tabletop RPG storytelling in either case, right? So if you love Critical Role, if you loved EXU Calamity, trust me, you're going to love Worlds Beyond Number, DM'd by Brendan Lee Mulligan. Um, It's fantastic. This most recent episode, like, oh my God, it was so good. So definitely check that out. Um, Yeah, Uh, I think that's basically it. Um, Live stream this Friday, even though Blake hasn't been able to make it to our last couple of podcasts, he should be able to do the live stream. So that should still be online. Again, that'll be this Friday and every Friday at 1 p.m. Central Time if you're in the United States. If you're not, um, not sure how that converts, but just check out 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time and whatever that is for you. Um, but yeah, we just chat for like usually 30, 45 minutes about basically whatever. So Come through if you've got any questions for us, or even if you don't, if you just want to come hang out on Friday, we would love to have you. But with that, I think that's all I got. So yeah, we are going to jump into our recap and we do cut this recap out and I will be doing it for this episode as well. So if you happen to find yourself just on our recap video and you want to hear more of our full discussion that will typically be linked in the description and it will be for this episode as well but this episode will not have a proper discussion since blake is not here um but yeah with that out of the way let's get into it this was episode 84 of campaign 3 red rural revelations that's a tongue twister so um okay The episode picks up with our crew, if you recall, having basically just been discovered by one of these podling type 
humanoids on Ruidus, that they went to this little farming village where these other types of creatures besides the Ray Lorens existed. So they decided to get a closer look, um, went down and were transforming out of their mist form back into human form when one of these creatures like discovers them in this shack. The creature asks what's happening and does so in the common language. And what happens next is basically this scene of the party and this creature trying to figure out like if they can trust one another, basically, because um, the impression we get is that clearly the Imperium and the Rylorans are kind of <clears throat> in charge and overseeing this little farming town. And um, this podling creature is, you know, clearly scared of going against them. So when the party asks, like, are you with the Imperium? The creature is like, yes. Is this a test? Excuse me. Um, so this kind of goes back and forth with them being like, no, like, you know, we're not testing you. We are also against the Imperium. We're here to help. Um, but Imogen ultimately cast detect thoughts to kind of get like the true thoughts of this creature, right? And can tell that it is scared and it is not like friends with the Imperium necessarily. So they eventually kind of get through that chaos and do determine that they can kind of trust one another. And we learn a lot here. They basically ask this creature a lot of questions. We do find out that they are called Boromoto, like that is the name of their race. And this one specifically is called Dono. And they have two sets of hands, so like kind of like a normal set that you would think of, but then they have a smaller set that kind of is like up on their chest <clears throat> for more like delicate tasks, I guess. We also come to find out that there's like a little lizard-like creature that crawls out from under its robe um, called a Saika, and they have like a symbiotic relationship with one another. Um, so they're finding all these things out. They basically ask how um, Dono can speak common. And Dono says he can do to seeing people's dreams. These creatures, instead of dreaming themselves, they get to like peek in on Exandrian's dreams. So um, that's how they picked up on the language. And Fern wants to know, like, how do you know that like that's what you're seeing, that you're seeing Exandrian dreams? And Dono says that it's because that's what the weave mind has always told them. <clears throat> and the weave mind we find out is basically the leader of the Imperium. They're like this collection of Rylora, seemingly. Um, they also find out that the name of this town that they're in is Rezora. Um, so they continue asking him a lot of questions, but Dono ultimately points them toward the village elder who will be better suited to like answer their questions and stuff. So the party transforms back into the mist so that they can travel stealthily toward the elder's house and Dono leads the way. <clears throat> So they arrive at the elder's house. He opens the door. Dono kind of like speaks to him and the elder like hits him with this stick and then welcomes him in. And so then the party floats in behind. Um, they close the door. The party transforms back into their real forms and kind of introductions are made. We find out that the elder's name is Barthi. And to prove that uh, Bell's Hells is not like with the Imperium and this isn't a test, Orem actually pulls out the Raylorn Juggernaut's head the bag of holding and so the elder's like okay yeah i believe you so the elder then asks like hey what what can i do for you and they're just looking for information more information about their lives you know what's going on here on ruidus basically just anything so <clears throat> what follows next is basically just a series of questions going back and forth right so um the first thing they ask is basically how long has the imperium controlled this area 
And uh, they say it's been about 500 years. And then they ask, well, how long are your lifespans? And Barthi says that he stopped counting after 300 years. So um, their lifespans are a while, but we don't know exactly how old Barthi is. Um, and so they ask, were you here when Ruidus was created? And Barthi says that no, but he, like as long as he's been here, Ruidus has been here. So like he wasn't there the day, you know, it got extracted from Alexandria or anything. Um, <clears throat> he then asks, um, or excuse me, Bell's Hells then ask, like, are there histories of this place? Like, is there anywhere we could find out this information? And he says that they used to have entire written histories, but they were all destroyed by the weave mind. Um, so then the party asks about gods and religion. And Barthi says that they used to view Exandria as the afterlife. And that was kind of their religious indoctrination. But, um, with the dreamers coming here, so people like Bell's Hells and people that are coming through um, the Bloody Bridge, he says that people are now having a crisis of faith about that. So <clears throat> the party then asks about the Weave Mind, and they're told, you know, it's a group of Raylorans who act as essentially a conduit to the one who sleeps, and then tells other people what to do. They're also the ones that like seemingly control the flares that happen. Um, they find out that the one who sleeps is also known as the beating heart and the dream catcher and one other name that they're not allowed to say, but this is heavily implied and basically confirmed to be Pradathos. Um, so then the group asks like, what's the relationship between you guys and the Ray Lawrence? And Barthi says that, you know, some of them are nice. They're just people, you know, like we are. Um, but some are, you know, hands of the weave mind, you know, they're doing, uh, I don't know if military is necessarily the right word, but they're just, you know, following orders and they, that's who they serve. So, you know, just like people, some are good, some are bad. <clears throat> but um, the Ray Lawrence have existed here on Rudis for as long as the Boromoto have. So it's not as if they just like showed up one day. Um, Chet then asks, are there even more races besides Ray Lauren and Boromoto here? And Barthi says, yeah, there's a lot more, but most of them are, excuse me, most of them are underneath Ruidus and apart of the fungal network here. So then the party asks about this and they find out that most of the entrances to this underground network are found in the capital city. Uh, and there aren't any nearby, but there used to be. So then Barthi, you know, asks if he can ask them any questions. And the first thing he asks is if they can describe what a pastry tastes like. Cause he looks, he thinks they look so good from the dreams that he's seen and the party actually has some. So they share some with him. Um, however, how he, before he's about to eat it, his Saita comes out and steals it. And we find out her name is Chu, and uh, she does end up sharing some with him. But she is very distrustful of the party, having been listening to everything uh, this whole time. And she wants to know, like, what their plan is here. And the party says that they just, you know, plan to go to the capital city. They're just here to find out more about everything, find out more about who's running the show over here, what their plans are and all that jazz. Uh, because there are bad people here, but there are also bad people on Exandria. And so Bell's Hells is here to stop all of the bad people. Um, the group then asks, what would happen if uh, Pradathos were to wake up? And Barthi isn't sure. Um, so then they ask, how far is the capital city, which is Kaviris? And they're told it's about a four-day travel. <clears throat> and Barthi goes on to say that, you know, things have been kind of rough around here. Um, so the Imperium sent what's called a will master to set things straight, um, you know, also colloquially known as the will. And this is basically just a high ranking military member. 
But Barthi also says that um, he has a friend that might be coming through the town soon as part of a caravan. Their name is Zesh, and they are Ray Lauren. Um, and they actually work with the Volition, which is like a rebel group that is against the Imperium. And this caravan should be coming through any day now. So perhaps, you know, if they could get in contact with Zesh, Zesh might be able to tell them more or help them out. So the party then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, conjure a minor illusion of lewdness to see if Barthi recognizes him. And he does, but it's been a very long time since he's come through. They then do the same thing with uh, the Nightmare King, Ira, uh, but Barthi does not recognize him. Uh, I think Chet then asks what this town is used for, like why the Raylorans have occupied it, and they're basically there to just supply them with what they need. Um, they have a lot of livestock here, like those buffalo creatures from the last episode. Um, so it's basically just a supply town for them. Um, so then the party asks um, if he could describe Zesh so that they could perhaps send a message to her. <clears throat> and Barthi tries, but it's not doing the best job because Zesh is a Ray Lauren. Um, so then they ask if there's any like object of Zesh's that they could use to build a connection. And Barthi goes and gets this piece of glass because we find out that Zesh is known as a glass shaper, which apparently is a very important like role in society here. So they grab that. And meanwhile, Fern asks why the weave mind does the flares and Barthi doesn't know why they do them, but when they happen, um, what happens here is there's like this blinding flash of red light and they're all forced into a dream together. And when this happens, it feels really good. Like everything else is stripped away and they just feel connected with each other. Um, Barthi then asks if the group has been to Taste of Tal'Dorei because he's also seen that in his dreams and the party um, gives him some of their souvenirs from there. And he's very excited about that. Uh, the party then <clears throat> just kind of discusses for a bit like what their next move should be. And they actually realize that the caravan that Zesh may be with is arriving to town right now. So Imogen tries to message Zesh, Zesh, excuse me, with the um, the glass um, and is successful and basically says, hey, we're here with Elder Barthi and we'd like to talk to you. Uh, Zesh responds saying that, like, I don't know who you are, but like, I'm just here to conduct some business. And basically at the same time, there is a knock on the door. So Barthi goes to open the door um, and it's a Rhyloran, the Willmaster specifically. So the party <clears throat> is like trying to transform into their mist, but realize they don't really have enough time. And so they don't and instead try to hide, uh, except for Imogen. Imogen decides she's going to just keep going and try to transform into the mist. Uh, but the group rolls really poorly on their stealth checks. And basically the Willmaster realizes that like something is up here. So um, she's pissed. Uh, there are some more Ray Lawrence and then some Ruby Vanguard that all kind of like rush up and we basically roll initiative. So as always, just going to kind of skim through the highlights of the combat. Um, and things kick off with Ladna casting a fireball, basically hitting all of the bad guys and just, you know, setting things right off. Um, one of the Vanguard soldiers at this point, like actually kind of bursts into this purple energy. And we're told that they like are becoming exultant um, or exalted. And Imogen and Fern can like immediately feel their presence and the pull of them. Uh, they then cast telekinesis on Laudna and like pull them toward her. Um, meanwhile, combat is going on. Basically, everyone is trying to focus the Willmaster um, mostly. Uh, and they're actually starting to look a little bit rough. So their eyes flare up and then several nearby townsfolk 
basically all kind of get possessed and start like rushing toward the fight to aid her. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So meanwhile, they're trying to get like the will master brought inside to like, not only kind of get the commotion out in the, out of the open, but also kind of get her more cornered, um, better position for them. Right. So Fern to do this casts a uh, charm person on her and is successful, but fails kind of the deception check to convince her to come inside. Um, so combat continues. And again, unfortunately, this entire combat for Imogen, she is just transforming into mist. Each of her turns is requiring her to just do that. So Laura's having a rough time. Um, as it continues, we find out one of the Willmaster's abilities is meat shield, which due to these farmers that she possessed, sometimes when attacks are meant for her, they will instead go to the villagers as they kind of are like jumping in front of her basically. So the party, because of this, um, basically starts doing non-lethal damage so that they don't accidentally, you know, take out any of these villagers. Um, so that's happening. Villagers are falling over left and right. Um, but eventually Ashton does get a final hit on the Willmaster, also non-lethal damage, and knocks them out unconscious. Um, around the same point, Imogen does finally get into her full mist form, uh, but then that ends her turn. And combat continues as uh, Bell's Hells try to pick off the rest of the Ruby Vanguard members, two of which are Shrikes, which is like a certain class of Raylorin. So these two Shrikes are like beating up on Orum pretty badly, but when the Willmaster goes down, they rush over, pick her up, and basically try to retreat. And basically all of the Vanguard members try to retreat at this point because it's looking pretty rough. Simultaneously, a bunch of the livestock like break out of their pen, and it's basically just absolute chaos. We've got like a mini stampede happening during this combat. So Bell's Hell's members are trying to pick off these people that are fleeing, they do manage to take out the two Shrikes that had um, grabbed up the Willmaster and basically managed to pick off the rest of the Vanguard members that were fleeing as well. So Imogen has flown up in her mist form at this point and can basically survey all of the chaos going on in this small town right now. And can also see that, you know, a little bit in the distance, people seem to be gathering up to come like investigate what the hell is going on. So Bell's Hells are like, what do we do? And they quickly kind of corral all of everything back into the elder's hut and put all of the bodies into the portable hole and are just trying to plan their next move. And that is basically where the episode ends. I believe they do see that or Matt describes that there are like shapes coming toward them at the very end. But that is where episode 84 ends. Again, it is called Red Rural Revelations. So Thank you for tuning in. And again, um, under normal circumstances, there will be a link to our full discretion down below. Um, and there will be a link to that if you're on just the recap, but it's just going to be a couple of quick thoughts from me. Um, so yeah, y'all, I, I loved this episode. Um, <clears throat> a very chaotic combat uh, with some interesting things like Orum using Hex. I know there was a bit of a discussion in that in our Discord, but I didn't get to peruse through it yet. So I'm not sure if we figured out how he has hex but i'm guessing it's from some sort of feat because i don't think fighters get access to hex naturally um let me know in the comments if you know the answer to that one um but yeah i really enjoyed this episode we got lots of lore and i feel like way more is coming especially if we get to this capital city which has to be where we're going right um i want to know more about this will master i want to know more about zesh and what these uh glass speakers do if that 
It's a glass speaker and glass shaper. Regardless, um, really enjoyed this episode. I'm sad we don't get to have a deeper discussion on it. Um, so Blake and I are going to have a lot to talk about the next time we do get to sit together. But um, y'all, again, apologies for just the recaps for the last couple of weeks. Um, but we appreciate you guys bearing with us. And again, if you want to talk this episode, please hit me in the comments or, you know, even better, honestly, in the Discord. Uh, we've got a whole channel just for discussing Campaign 3. Um, so we would love to see you there. And uh, again, this Thursday, we will be having a watch party for the live episode. So if you're looking for people to watch with, that is far better than Twitch chat. Come hang out with us there. Um, but yeah, other than that, y'all, that's that's going to do it for this one. Again, apologies for the short episode, but uh, hopefully we'll be back to normal next week. And uh, I guess the next time we'll see you is Friday. So if you're around, come hang out with us for our live show over there at 1 p.m. But until next time, my friends, I'll see you.